0: Welcome back to I Was Hornswoggled, Waking Up From a Narcissist-Induced Nightmare. I am in my van recording episode 28. going to be doing a book spotlight on The Covert Passive-Aggressive Narcissist by Debbie Mirza. I am hopping over to chapter 10 because um, last night my husband and I were watching uh, It's Hallmark. We love watching Hallmark movies and... Um, like around Christmas time and around this time. So we also found out that like Hallmark split in half. So some of the people stayed with Hallmark. And then some people went to the GAC channel. The Great American Country Channel. And so uh, we hopped over there. Because we had already seen the movie on Hallmark. And we hopped over on um, the GAC channel, and we watched some movie called. And it, and it was a newer movie. It was like in 2021. It was last year, and it was awful. It was the worst ever. And I say this because the more I learned about narcissism and just like sociopaths and psychopaths and like all these personality disorders and these. This stuff, and then my husband has learned about it. We sat there and just picked apart this movie. We're like, what the heck? They're totally gaslighting that chick. The whole movie what should have been called instead of a match made at Christmas. I believe that's what it was called. A match made at Christmas. And it was by GAC the GAC. And it was awful. But I'm gonna go into that because it has something to do with this topic. And, um, I'll talk more about that after we talk about chapter 10, why do they emotionally and psychologically abuse? So this is something that, um, I, when I was reading this chapter, I had highlighted a lot of parts because so often we use the, like the reason why we think somebody is being mean to us we use it and we almost we defend our abuser we justify their bad behavior so we can make an excuse to what hang out and be abused more apparently that's how we're wired so uh, we're going to talk more about that on the flip side oh yeah welcome back you can get a hold of the show on Pod on twitter hornswoggledpodcast.com. And you can email the show at, I think it was at gmail.com. I'm winging it. But all the contact info is at hornswogglepodcast.com. And I have been your infected host, Horena. Yeah, I'm on week three of um, recovering from whatever it is I had. And then whatever it is my family had. And then whatever it is everybody else around us had. So I'll see you on the flip side. Let's talk about it. Alright, in chapter 10 titled, Why Do They Emotionally Psychologically Abuse from the Covert Passive-Aggressive Narcissist by Debbie Mirza, Um, She starts out the chapter by saying that she's been to many support group meetings, listened to many podcasts and videos, and read articles and books where people have shared the reasons that they think covert narcissists psychologically and emotionally abuse people, and that some of those stories include reasons like they harm others because they were abused as a child. And we've all heard, heard that cliche. We got hurt people, hurt people. You know, and there's an element of truth there. When people are, have been hurt their whole lives, they haven't seen what empathy is, they haven't seen what caring is, what loving is, da, da, da. Um, they will choose that path of just ignorantly being a jack wagon to people. And there's people who have had a great childhood, who grow up and just decide to be jack to people. So I don't feel like that's always... I've never been a fan of broad brushing entire segments of humanity with one simple excuse. Because that's lazy and it's not honest. (laughs) We are very dynamic beings being human and we all have our own everything. We have our own personalities, our own reasons why we do things, our own thoughts and opinions on stuff and it is so lazy to think that we can just take one big metaphorical paintbrush and just slather everybody the color of one person's bad behavior never been a fan of that it's just it's just dishonest it's lazy it's ignorant you know there's a lot of ignorance that takes place when people think they can just group mass amounts of humans under one label or one umbrella. Each one of us have our own very circumstantial (laughs) reasons why we do what we do, say what we say, and think what we think. So um, I'm not a fan of broad brushing. So that's why I think that it's very important to talk about this as why our abusers do what they do. And Debbie went on to say that she has come up with her own conclusion after years of, you know, being around um, support groups and hearing victims say their own reasons of why they think that their abuser does what they do. And she said, here's the conclusion I personally formulated. We don't really know for sure why they abuse. And you know what? It doesn't really matter. I say this because I care about you and I've seen how victims can spend so much time and energy trying to figure out the covert narcissist in their life that they get stuck in the mire of the darkness of narcissism and never give their own light a chance to come forth. And that's very true. I think a lot of times when we are the ones being abused, we have a harder time allowing us the space to live our own life, where we are in constant service to the abuser, where we haven't given ourselves permission to grow in our own garden. We just constantly live in the manure patches of our abuser without realizing that we don't have to do that. And that is one thing I think that made it easy for me to go no contact with my mom was separating what I knew about why I thought she did it. That is why, where my forgiveness came, but I did not allow myself to continue to be abused. So I feel like for me, knowing that my mom had a horrible childhood, at least that's what we've been told by every aunt and uncle and her, Um, that gave me a window into why I feel she may do the stuff that she does, but it didn't give her a pass to keep doing it to me. And I feel like that's where I internally just could separate the difference between, okay, I accept the reason why I feel like my mom has done this covert abuse for my entire life to me and to other people. Like, the, the you're, I'm not the only one she did this to. She's done it to every... I'm convinced every person she's ever met, she has done this to one level or another because she, she changes out... She keeps her little flying monkey group of friends from high school, her, like, two or three girlfriends, she keeps them in the dark enough... So she can go back and feed off from them and like pull from them when she needs them. But she has a constant new cycle of people around her in her everyday life. So she would abuse my sister and I um, behind our backs or to her face openly, but never in front of her friends. But I think she would do it to my sister when my sister lived with her. Um, When my sister moved back home, I know she would do it from what my sister said in front of her like company and stuff like that. Um, but you know, they, they, they choose who they abuse and where they abuse and who they allow to see the abuse. So it was easy for me to figure out, okay, this is why she does it, but you know what? I'm not going to allow her to do it anymore. And it made it easier to forgive her abuse because I knew the origin. But I don't trust her and I don't want it. and I, and I put my foot down and that's why I went no contact because I can forgive, but I'm not going to forget. And I can forgive and I'm not going to trust. So I think that is an important distinction that many of us need to make. So Debbie goes on to say that many of the reasons listed um, contain stuff like they had a rough childhood. She doesn't know to love because she didn't have a good mom He had an abusive father who didn't treat his mom well, so he didn't have a good example of how to love. He is wounded, so he is just lashing out at me from a place of pain. He's just scared. It fears that it's, it's beneath, it's fear that's beneath his anger. She's tired and under a lot of stress. He is insecure. That's why he's treating me this way. And she said that many of these reasons listed may be true and yes it is a it is good as a society to learn the psychology behind why people do the things they do but there's a time that it helps to understand and that helps you and you to find what you are able to do and heal separate from the covert narcissist then do that so that's where i found myself knowing the reason why, because I'm a very origin-based person, I like to break things down to where they first began. And then it helps me understand where we are now. So it was natural for me to go, oh, well, it's because I've been told my entire childhood how crappy my mom and all of her siblings had it. And my dad is still not off the hook. I've done a lot of, like, soul searching, try to figure out, like, was he a narcissist too? I just think my dad was an a-hole. He, he doesn't, f- none of the stuff, he doesn't fit all nine of the, the characteristics in the DSM. He doesn't fit any of that for, for the um, NPD. My mom nails every single one of them did, 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 down the row. My dad was just an a-hole and I don't know if it was, because he was just under a constant state of attack or he honestly was just an angel. <laughs> I think people can just be jerks without, you know, being diagnosed with one, something or another. Some people are just jerks and my dad definitely had those tendencies. He was like, he could have been something else. I know he, at the end, later in life, got um, on some, like, he was being taking medication for depression, and something else, so I think that he had his own chemical imbalance that he was taking medication for, because he definitely was in a better place after that. But holy moly, he could do some pretty rotten stuff. But um the co Debbie goes on to say that your body knows what works best for you and what you need to do to heal and to get strong. But if you find yourself feeling exhausted, trying to figure out why the covert narcissist in your life treat you the way they do, then it might be time to just let that part of your journey go as you focus on healing and strengthening yourself. And that's something I've definitely seen and heard around people who have or are in a current abusive relationship is they can't rack their minds and come up with a reason why the person that they love and cherish and, and share their whole world with would even contemplate treating them as bad as they do. And they spend so much time trying to figure out why they are being treated badly instead of just accepting that they are being treated badly. You don't need to know why somebody's doing what they do for you to leave. You don't need to know why. You can just acknowledge that it's not what you want in your life it's not what you're going to accept from other people and it is time to cut the cord from them and move forward because it is a waste of time you're putting your like a pause button on your healing and your happiness when you feel like you have to have all the boxes checked before you can completely remove somebody from having open access to you to abuse you, to mistreat you, to just do all kinds of horrible things to you and around you. The longer you wait is the more suffering you're going to go through. And that's what you should really be asking yourself. What am I putting myself through right now that I could just stop immediately with just a simple, okay, I'm done. I'm done. You know, I think a lot of the times we are addicted to knowing the end, the cause, the why, you know? And I can definitely identify with that because I'm an origin thinking person. So for me, it was easy. It was easy for me because my mom told us my whole life how bad she had it. So it made it, and then when I met my grandma multiple, you know, through various chunks of time throughout my childhood, she was a a piece, let me tell you. I could see it with my own eyes, you know, why, why things were the way they were. But at the end of the day, I love my mom for being my mom, like the person who did the best she could with what she had to work with. But at the end of the day, she still chose violence (laughs) over 100% honest, unconditional love. You know, she chose creepy, slander. Control, manipulation, pathological lying, um, a- attempts at physical abu- abuse, trying to break up friendships and marriages, and I mean, there's just a lot of stuff behind the scenes that she chose over being a good person for whatever reason she did. And I think that's where my family got stuck up on, especially my my little ones, um, seeing their grandma behave in a certain way you know, constantly being like the, the perfect little grandma. Oh, let's come over and make gingerbread houses. Oh, She loved to portray this image of perfection in front of people. And she even did it in front of my kids. But the minute I went no contact, her mask slipped and everybody got to see in my family, the true version of her, where she yelled and raged and slammed her fists In front of her little grandkids at the table and yelled and called them all, called all of us demons. Okay. That's, so it was hard for them just as little ones. I didn't get to shield it from them. She came and did all this stuff right in front of us, like right, right off the bat. There was no, I'm going to come over. She just showed up at her house. My husband instinctually let her in because he suffers from his own people pleasing. (laughs) He struggles with that. And, um, he, you know, let her run and wanted to give, cause he never saw her darkness before. And, uh, he got a good taste of it that day and so did my kids. And so I never got to shield them from it. I never got to try to just edge them into why we no longer have grandma around us. She just ripped the bandaid off and they got to see two different versions of their grandma with a fake one, that pretends to care and love them, and then the one who rages, slams her fists down, and calls us all demons because I wasn't returning her phone calls in time timely fashion. <laughs> so stuff like that. You know, it helps to tell your children, okay, this is why grandma's doing it. It's nothing to do with you. And I think that's one thing we need to remind to tell ourselves. The reason why the narcissists and our abusers are abusing us has nothing to do with us. It everything to do with them. I know you've probably heard this a million times. And there's a reason why. It's because it's true. There's literally, like, you are the warm body. You are the target dummy. You are the punching bag. You are the rag doll. You are the dumpster. That They're just going to offload all of their crap onto and into that's what you are and you're interchangeable you're not special to them you might be really good supply that's where your specialness starts and that's where your specialness ends you will be very good supply and they'll keep you around longer but what to what extent to like what are you missing out on are you missing out on happiness yeah are you missing out on the not having to walk on eggshells being able to find out who you really are Being able to find a healthy, normal, quote, normal relationship where you're not always on guard and have to defend every word you say, every action you do. Yeah, you're missing out on all of those things. So I think being hung up on the why someone's abusing you can hold a lot of us back. We need to set it down and realize we don't have to check that box off in order to grow and be happy. In other areas of our life. So um, Debbie goes on to say that victims are such caring people that it's very easy for them to spend their whole lives focused on others and this is a beautiful thing if we are helping others who really want our help and making sure we are taking care of ourselves at the same time. So she says one man that she talked to was married for 25 years to a covert narcissist and still feels sorry for his ex-wife believing she treats him badly because she is wounded and needs love he is such a special and smart man with a tender heart and is having a hard time breaking free from her and she said that she's also a very caring person herself and that she also sees a lot of people being wounded most of us, she said, are. I am interested in learning why we do the things we do. But I have noticed a trend in victims immersing themselves in the mission to figure out why. It leads them to diversions, never healing themselves, paralyzes them from moving on. That's what I felt like is like, the she says paralyzing them, uh, us from moving on. And I always reference it as a pause button. You're literally hitting that pause button and living in limbo until you get to check off your precious boxes throw the checklist away (laughs) you do not need to know why somebody's abusing you for you to 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 get away from them you don't remember she says that they do have free will they have choices just like we do they are not helpless they can help their behavior and that's what i i do remind myself that and I say this to my kids, and I also tell my husband this, you know, when whenever my mom and her treatment of us come up in conversation, I said, what you have to realize is that at the end of the day, she understands right and wrong, and she just chooses wrong. Because she can turn on, she can do all the right things when it behooves her. So she can turn her on and off, good and bad, with a switch. Therefore, she is in full control. She just doesn't want to, you know, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to be nice to people all the time. She wants to be a jerk, but she doesn't want you to know she's being a jerk to you. And that's a creepy thing. All through my childhood, she would always say stuff like this. I have a secret power. I have a secret power and we, you know, she would always allude to it like it was for her love for Jesus or whatever was her secret power. I'm like, no, honey, is you're, you're possessed, okay? That's your secret power. You got something creepy living inside of you, making you act a fool. That, I, I'm sorry, but if you've ever dealt with a covert narcissist or narcissist or sociopath or psychopath, you do feel like there is an element of maybe they are a little touched, Maybe something walked in and never left. <laughs> I'm just saying on a spiritual level, it is a pot. It is 100% possible because we in the West, in the West are constantly, um, I would say gaslighted and to think that everything is mental and none of it is spiritual, but outside of our, our precious little United States and, and our, you know, North America, they are doing exorcisms every day to cast creepy things out of people. So whether you are spiritual or not, do your research. <laughs> Look outside of your little cozy walls of our country and find out that there is indeed a spiritual battle that is going on, whether you want to believe it or not, because there's a lot of people in in other countries that know that there's a darkness that roams and sometimes that darkness lives in people and if you've ever been around an abusive person you will understand this they don't act like themselves they don't look like themselves their demeanor changes their skin color changes their eye color changes they they almost act like they have amnesia you know there's a lot of creepy stuff out there and we're so quick to just go oh that's in the movies all oh, that's in the movies why do you think it's in the movies? Do you think they just come up with this stuff on their own? No. Nope. <laughs> Art imitates life, right? Alright, so, I'm hopping on. I'm getting on a tangent because that is something that I can't out-overlook. The fact that there is a spiritual connection, in my opinion. So, um... Debbie also says, excusing their hurtful behaviors kept us in an abusive relationship and also kept them completely unaccountable for their deplorable acts. It is time for us individually and as a society to stop making excuses for abusive behavior. And I 100% get on board on that. Right now, we live in a society where people pick and choose. Oh, that person can be abusive because of this. But that person can't because of that. No, nobody should be being abusive. Nobody should be allowed a free ticket to be a jerk. Do you understand? I mean, it's ridiculous. So all of us are affected by our childhoods that we experienced. And she said, here's one thing. Not all people who are wounded abuse. And that's the, That's what I had opened the show with. Is there are a lot of people who have been hurt, but not all hurt people like to run around and hurt others. I thought it was important to also add that Debbie also agrees and where I was going with this with excusing that they hurt, excusing their hurtful behavior keeps us in that abusive relationship and has kept them completely unaccountable for their deplorable acts. And, um, she said it is time for us individually and as a society, yeah, to stop making excuses for this abusive behavior and, um, that is one thing to remind yourself that making excuses for your abuser is denying yourself the key to freedom. And I like to tell people who are trapped in abusive situations and also remind myself in the past when I was in abusive situations that I was not born for this. You were not born and I know people that tend to lean in the in, into the direction of being a martyr struggle with this because they're like, no, if I don't love them, if I'm not here for them, nobody else will be here for them. Well, that's the bed they made, right? That's the bed they made. So many people stay in abusive relationships because they know deep down that there's not one other human on this planet that would put up with that person's crap let's be honest, you know, you've thought it, you know, you've heard it. You will hear, well, if I don't take care of it, nobody else will. Well, they should have thought about that. Shouldn't they? We don't hold our abusers accountable. So they just keep abusing, right? They, so in they bank on the kindness and the forgiveness and the repeat offenders, especially love this. They count on the niceness of others, so that they can continue to rob others of their time, of their patience, of their love, of their empathy. They have no desire to give it back to you. You will find this if you are in a relationship, whether it be a friendship or a relationship, um, romantic or a coworker or a friend or whatever. If it's not reciprocated, then it's not for you. You know if. And that's where I think people also, um, with the people pleasing, uh, they tell the wrong people, yes, and the right people, no. And we tend to do that because we're afraid of what they will do to us, what they will say to us, how it will affect us and our streamlined lifestyle that we've created. There's a lot of people that don't like confrontation. Well, at some point you have to, what they say... Cooper, get off the pot, right? You either going to lay down and give up your life in a, in a metaphorical situation, not, um, you know, literally, I hope you should not just lay down your, and stop living your life so that your abuser can continue to suck the life out of you. You know what I mean? And that's what happens so often is There's that you're going to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Those people will finally hit their breaking point and fly off and fly away and build a life. And then there's some people who are just so broken down, beaten down, downtrodden that they cannot think about life in any other way. They're terrified at even thinking about trying to escape from their abuser and it's something that they're going to have to do themselves because if they don't leave on their own they'll just keep coming back out of guilt out of fear that's really awful so i think um going forward we can all agree that whatever the reason for a narcissist uh, narcissist abuse the fact is that covert narcissists are bullies who ruin people's life and that is not okay that is their number one goal, is to ruin your life, and that is not okay. You wouldn't want to do that to someone else if you were on the outside. That's another thing I remember. Um, when, Even when I was in high school, talking to, to my friends who were in like bad relationships, I remember telling them at a young age, what advice would you give yourself if you, if the rules were reversed? Like, if they were the friend, talking to an abused friend? Like what advice would they give them? Because you'll find out that people who are trapped in abusive relationships with covert narcissists or or otherwise, they know at their core what they should do, but they have a really hard time following their own advice. Totally cannot follow their own (laughs) advice, but they will be able to dish it out. So, um, I think that's going to wrap it up right now. I'm going to go into my Hallmark movie chaos that really hits on these uh, points. All right. So as I said, I sat down and watched um, a Christmas movie with my husband last night. And we were trying out the GAC uh, channel, the Great American Country channel, that split off from Hallmark. So now there's like two channels. And um, a lot of the faces like Cam, Candace Cameron, Bray and them went over to GAC. So you'll see familiar faces on both channels now. And it's that time of the year. It's November 1st, people. So you know, we put up our Christmas decorations on Halloween, like the weekend, last weekend of October. So we don't ever dive into the Halloween celebration. We just decide to make pies, make pizzas, stuff our face with yummy candy and decorate and watch Christmas movies. That's what we do. So Uh, Last night, we had the misfortune of rolling across a show called A Match Made at Christmas, and it came out in 2021, and it's described like this. I'm reading the IBD while I record this. It says, romantic small-town girl Holly, a real, and and this is where they get you, and realist career-driven Chris aren't a likely pair. But when matched, quote, matched together by Holly's all-knowing great aunt, they don't seem to have much of a choice. So, it they're using the word realist and career-driven to describe the main male uh, character, and it is a freaking nightmare. The whole time I'm watching this with my husband, we're like, what is going on? This guy is like, my husband goes... Um, I feel like this guy's an abuser. Like, why are they calling him a realist when they just should call him an a-hole? I'm like, I know, right? He is like and it's almost like a narcissist wrote this movie because they rewarded all of the bad behaving people in the movie and they left the star of the show, like the girl Holly they get all the characters in the show gaslight the crap out of holly this uh they romanticize abuse nar- like uh she's clearly with an unhinged man this man i it was perfect for a holly we went yesterday was halloween i'm like that's what we get for watching a freaking christmas show on halloween it was a nightmare it was a nightmare there was the holly was left behind her dad passed away so she took over the reins of the fish like the fly fishing shop and her mom was um had in, was injured and needed a crutch and she couldn't get around very good i don't know something happened to her they never really alluded to that they just like that's just her story And so the daughter had to pick up a lot of the stuff and the brother was off at college and then the brother met his love of his life and they want to come home and get married and then they wanted Holly to plan their wedding. So Holly's planning their wedding and then he brings home his like college roommate and this dude is a tool. He is rude right off the bat. He's like, I'm not coming in there. Christmas is stupid. Um, you know, the typical, they try to either, in the Christmas movies, they either try to, like, make somebody, like, a Grinch, and then all of a sudden they see the magic of Christmas. We love watching these shows not because we think that they're, <laughs> that they're like, um, theater masterpieces. We love watching them because they're predictable, and we have fun just, like, laughing at certain scenarios. We're like, oh, is it gonna be a jam? Fest, or a bake-off, or a Christmas tree decorating, you know. At the core, we all wish that was, you know, life was as as cheerful and lovely as a Hallmark movie. But when you know and about narcissism now, all you see is there is always a narcissist's perks person in the freaking show. They're always like the the meddling mother who won't let her daughter live her own life, who tries to go behind her back and then you have like or the the creepy villain trying to destroy everything like there's always somebody who seems to be on the spectrum in the shows so in this point though they went over the top they made this guy like he yelled at her aunt he was yelling he was like one minute you could just tell whoever directed this it was just a hot mess he was all over the place like his character i don't know i feel bad for the actor because he was meant to just play a, quote, realist, career-driven person, and they made him act like a freaking sociopath. He was um, at all different things. One minute he's nice, one minute he's, he's throwing a temper tantrum and running away, and the next minute he's telling her, we're gonna argue and we're not gonna get along, but we'll always come back together. The whole thing is like a narcissist's like a red flag movie. If you watch this and you think that this is how your relationship should be, run, run fast. Never, never settle down with someone who is this freaking abusive. And we, so I just wanted to end this episode with a laugh because these people I read, listen to these reviews. And so it's always nice to know, and this is very much in line with how we feel like when we wake up from our narcissist-induced nightmares, How often do you just love to hear other people experience what you experience so you know like you're not the only one, right? So put another layer on that when you're watching like a crappy movie and you're like, I can't be the only one that thought this was hot trash. So then I go to the reviews on IBD and holy cow, like everybody was right on par with with what my husband and I were saying, we're like, this guy's a psycho, he's a narcissist, he's an abuser, he's in like chop ripping little pieces. Like it was a whole movie was like, whoever's idea of romance this was, I would say, Ron, this was Fifty Shades of Hell No. So um, it said, it said, the one star, how a store ha- a how to story, this movie waves red flags like crazy on how this how to set up an abusive relationship. Chris has a lot of repressed anger, anger that frequently bubbles to the surface. In his case, when it bubbles up, it's boiling and it comes out as an extreme rudeness to the point of meanness. One serious flag is how he responds to Holly's attempt at getting him in an interview. This man needs some serious counseling to determine where the anger is coming from. <laughs> like, you could tell all of us women and men who have been through a... A horrible toxic relationship went right to IBD to go like what did I just watch this is trash it was so crazy because Holly gets the guy an interview in their town at a really great uh, magazine to be a photographer and that's his dream job and then he gets pissed off at her. Her friend and wants her to plan her wedding. She plans the wedding and then she says, I hate everything you've done. You made it all about you. It was this, the worst thing but it was definitely a textbook narcissist and I think a narcissist is was the director because they were so out of touch with how humans really acted and that's one Thing I told my husband, we must we may live in a world that is just spitting out narcissists faster than we can count them. But the one thing I want you to keep in mind when you're dealing with a narcissist is you will always have the upper hand on a narcissist because they don't know what it's like to be a loving, caring person. That is where your hidden abilities lie. They can't anticipate your movement because they don't know how to be a loving human. But you can anticipate their movements because there's books and books and podcasts and files and videos and stories and like Debbie said in the beginning of the the book and support groups full of people who can call this stuff out, even if it's in a crappy Christmas (laughs) movie. So we got these people down. We got their numbers down we know exactly what we're looking for but we got the upper hand because they don't know how to be like us they don't know how we're wired yeah you can say oh isn't that sad nope because at the end of the day i know and the core of each one of these people they know the difference between right and wrong because they have no problem pointing out when you are doing them wrong but they have no problem they have they actually have a huge problem Accepting when they're doing something wrong. So I don't buy that crap that they, oh, they're just injured and they just go around clubbing people because they don't know any better. Hell no. They know better. They just don't care. Okay. Get that through your head. They just don't care. So just to give you, um, some of, (laughs) I'm going to go down just the list of these. This person, um, said that the music was good. Otherwise I found it difficult to watch. (laughs) So could you imagine watching a movie and then the only thing you could say is their music is good because it says, cause the leads were so unlikable. I mean, the young lady was pleasant, but I just could not believe that someone as intelligent and capable as she was, was supposed to be so completely fixated on falling in love that she would just choose to like continue living in this toxic relationship with this dude. It is just every person, there was like 65 user reviews. Abusive relationships galore. Ill-fitting match, they say. So rudeness, disrespect, and verbal attacks are romantic. Um, Another one. Bitter, angry, resentful Christmas movie. These are the titles of these things. So many things are wrong about this movie. Um, Holly and Chris probably will end will end up together this person couldn't even finish watching it they just guessed at the end um this one abusive behavior all around not a rom-com and suffers for being marketed as one and uh so uncomfortable to watch the dude is mean hate the characters um yeah people the only thing good people could say about this whole thing was that the music was good So I just want to let you know that when you sit down uh, during this holiday season and you uh, flick on the (laughs) GAC or Hallmark and want to watch a Christmas movie or even the Up Channel, I think the Up Channel has a lot more um, comedy side, maybe a more lighter feel. But um, this is the very first time I've ever been like, what am I watching? Is this a joke? Is there a hidden camera somewhere? So uh, yeah, good on you, everybody who knows how to spot and call out the narcissists and stay away from them, even if it is in a movie. <laughs> so I just wanted to toss it in because through my um, experience in life and uh, digging for more knowledge on all the different types of narcissists and narcissism and how to spot it and how to avoid it and how to do it um, unapologetically. I think that's one thing we feel bad about is sticking up for ourselves. And you don't have to answer every door that's knocked on. That's one thing you need to remind yourself. You don't owe anybody yourself. All right. So until next time, this has been episode 28 of I Was Hornswoggled. Uh, waking up from a narcissist-induced nightmare. You can find the show on Twitter at HornswogglePod, and you can go to HornswogglePodcast.com for all the other information about the show. All right, great, uh, great adventures to you, and I hope you find your voice. Bye. I need to add this. My whole point, I can't believe this happens, but I totally expect it to happen when I'm in my van and I don't have my show notes in front of me. The whole point of me telling you about this show was they lifted the character up and as having mommy issues. Like, you never got to see his mom, you didn't really, the writing of the movie was so horrible, but that was the tr- the problematic part of this whole movie. Was this guy was a, such a jerk? He was yelling. He was argumentative. He was moody, and more than a normal Hallmark thing. It was it was far beyond the trope that we're used to, um, the cliche behavior and the come here, go away, the misunderstanding in every show, and then the reuniting at the end. This guy had some creepy, weird behavior. And that's why I told my husband, I think a narcissist directed this because they don't know how normal humans act. So they're just like acting on it from like their own creepy narcissistic standpoint where they had him like sitting in darkness and, and sulking and um, staring at pictures of her that he took on his laptop in the dark. And the whole thing was like he, he was in a fight with his mom. And like that's why he was being a turd, and we're like, what? <laughs> your your mommy hurt your feelings, so now you're just gonna treat everybody else you ever meet in your life like crap until what? You guys aren't fighting again? And it was so weird. Like it taught people that you in, in this movie, like if you listen, if you took your life advice from Holt, this this GAC movie I keep wanting to say Hallmark was GAC, you'd be like, what? Oh, it's okay. It's because his mommy hurt his feelings, so he can hurt my feelings. And that was why I added that wanted to talk about the show. Because it has everything to do with why somebody is acting a certain way and making excuses for them. And that's what this whole freaking movie was. Was everybody making excuses for this grown man's rotten behavior and then him getting what he wants in the end. That is exactly the, the stuff that Debbie Mirza was commenting on and even I had alluded to was that we as a society are stuck in rewarding the bad behavior of others and even in these stupid movies and and I feel bad for anybody who sits down and watches this and then goes, see I'm in a bad relationship this looks just like what I'm in and she stayed don't take your life advice from a freaking hallmark a G-Z movie. Don't take it. <laughs> if, the, if this has taught you nothing, I dare you to watch that movie. Look it up and watch it and then tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> so I couldn't believe that I recorded this whole freaking episode and then I didn't even tell you the main reason why I was talking about that. So, okay. So now that I've done it, now I can fully publish episode 28 and not feel like a weirdo because I left the main point out. All right. That's, I tend to do that all the time. I forget the main point. (laughs) So, all right. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this little addition to why I wanted to add that movie in the first place. All right. Bye-bye.